Today we have a special guest, uh, Father Stephen Herney from St. Michael's in Whittier. He and Joy uh, were with us uh, while she was at Westmont College and today so we get to uh, enjoy his homily. He's got a bum leg so he needs a chair. I want to make sure that this chair is a chair and I'll tell you the story behind this chair. Uh, I had when when the bishop came and I had the chair over here, I said, Sadna, this is your throne. And he goes, no, Father, it's a chair. <laughs> so this is a chair. Episcopally blessed. Well, a week ago, t yesterday, I uh, had an accident. And I was riding uh, a motorcycle, which I've been told I probably shouldn't be riding. So but as a good motorcyclist, I probably will continue in spite of this. So. But thank God it could have been a lot worse. So my, our patron at St. Michael's was working over, overtime um, that morning. So thank God for not being as bad as it could have been. Thank you, Father Nicholas, for uh, inviting us here and welcoming us and uh, inviting me to preach. Appreciate it. Fathers and deacon and brothers and sisters in Christ, kind of like a homecoming for us. Joy and I spent two years in this holy community almost 20 years ago. I don't think we've been here on a Sunday morning for almost that long, so it's, uh, it's nice to be back with all of you. And those who weren't there at that time, it's nice to be with you also. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. He cried, he cried out, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. That's what we heard at the end of this morning's Gospel lesson. Every Bible I've ever looked at, there's always an exclamation point at the end. So that's why I raised my voice. Even though we know that in the original Greek, they didn't have the punctuation like we have in English. But today's lesson, as we just heard, comes from St. Luke's Gospel, Parable of the Sower. This is probably my favorite parable after that of the prodigal son, which is also from St. Luke's Gospel. And very important, extremely important. That cry that we have heard many times from our Lord's lips, he that has ears to hear, let him hear, is very, very important for this parable. This parable of the sower, as it's been traditionally called, is really, I was thinking about this the other day, Maybe misnamed, actually, because the parable is not about the sower. We're told about him in the beginning casting the seed. But it's really about the soil or the ground. So we could easily call it the parable of the soils. My wife knows this very well. I am not a gardener by any stretch of the imagination. I have no green thumb. I don't have any plans when I retire one day to get into gardening. I just you know, guess I'll keep riding my motorcycle or something, but <laughs> if I could still uh, uh, see, see well. But I do understand this. This makes a lot of sense. Real briefly, 
just to review real quickly. We heard about four different soils or grounds. Number one, the wayside, the side of the path or the side of the road. The shoulder, which I ended up on a week ago. The seed was cast. It was stepped on over there. And it was eaten up by the birds of the air, as we're told. Gone, just like that. The second type of ground, the rock, which I also hit myself a week ago. The seed lands there. It springs up surprisingly and amazingly. Because every time I've put seed on any sort of rocky ground, nothing ever happens. So it's amazing that anything happened with the seed. But the problem was it lacked life, or the source of life, water. And it died quickly. And we're told about the thorns. Seeds are land in this area. They grow up with the thorns together. But then the thorns win out. They choke them. They squash the life out of them. And lastly, lest we despair, our Lord tells us about the good ground. The encouragement here in this parable. That the, there is some ground which seed lands on, in which it springs up and it bears much, much fruit. In this particular parable, but not in all, our Lord gives the interpretation. He gives us insight. What does this mean? The disciples ask him that. Interestingly, all of these grounds or soils or parts here, just like we all hear. The wayside hears. But these type of people, these type of hearts, the seed disappears quickly. It's taken away. All of us here probably have friends or neighbors or perhaps relatives who don't do this on Sunday morning, don't come to church. Maybe they did once or twice or when they were a child, but now that they've grown up, for whatever reason, they don't go to church regularly, if at all. They stay home and watch the NFL. They think, well, that was kind of nice. You know, it's you know, type of people, you know, church is quaint. It's neat. makes me feel good sometimes. Or others who just could care less about what we do here, what we believe. Those are the rock people with hardened hearts. They hear also. They hear the good news proclaimed like we heard. And they're joyful at first. I've met people like this. You may have met people like this. They're all gung-ho. I've known some in my previous Christian tradition who were on fire for Jesus, as we would say. Years later, they're not going anywhere. They're not going to church anywhere. They don't read their Bible. They don't know what they believe. Because things got more difficult than they expected. Temptations, what we call the ascetic struggle and orthodoxy. It's not easy to be a Christian. So 
I'll go do something else. <laughs> it's easier. Then we meet those who, and there are many of these in our culture today, people we know, meet, have acquaintance with perhaps. They hear the good news or have read it or have heard it. But they are more in love with the things of this world, the pleasures of life. As the gospel says, the cares, riches, and pleasures of this life, than with the things of God. In a homily I preached a couple of weeks ago, I mentioned uh, something to the effect of there are some people who, I heard this said by someone once, I can't remember who it was many years ago, who was asked what the purpose of life was, and they said it was to have fun, to have a good time. <laughs> really? <laughs> Get the most out of this life. I was having a good time, but look what happened. Yeah. <laughs> but they love the things of this world more than they love the things of God. And it pulls them away and distracts them. And they bear no fruit. But like I said earlier, lest we be despairing, our Lord gives us encouragement at the end. There are those who have... Good hearts, the good ground, good soil, who hear and keep what they hear, believe it, hold on to it, and bear fruit with patience. It takes a long time. Many confessions I've heard, I've, I've told the person who's come to confession that growth in the Christian life takes time takes time. They bring in their sins and their other burdens, and many people expect it to be over just like that. I said, it would be nice if it was. <laughs> I said, but I'm sorry to break the bad news to you. It, uh <laughs> some of these struggles may be with you until the end of your days. But they hold on. They keep the word. And they persevere with patience unto the end. My brothers and sisters in Christ, who are you? Who am I in these four grounds or soils? These are hard questions. We would all like to believe all the time that we are the last one, the good ground, every minute of every day. In other words, we hear the gospel, and we just keep that word, and we just bear fruit with patience. I would like to say that of myself, day by day by day, but I would be lying if I said that. There are days when I feel more like the thorns, the seed in the thorns. I get distracted. But by God's grace and mercy, he keeps bringing me back to the straight and narrow path. 
Who are you? Who am I? I've often thought, is it possible to be one type of ground and to become another? I do believe it's possible. <laughs> Both for the good, being on the wayside, on the rock, in the thorns, and becoming a good ground, and also going the other way. That's the scary part. As you all know, in orthodoxy, we don't teach like what I used to hear in my other tradition, once saved, always saved. In other words, once a good ground, always a good ground for, you, for the rest of your life. We don't teach that. So is it possible to be a good ground and to become one choked by thorns? Yes. Yes. Every day that I wake up, every day that you wake up, we have a decision to make. Will I continue to walk that straight and narrow path? Be that good ground that hears the word and keeps it? Or will I allow the world to beat me down and to choke the life out of me? Because as you know very well, as I do, the world is very good at doing that if we allow it to. There are many distractions out there. But by God's grace and mercy and with our cooperation with that grace, if we are vigilant over ourselves, we can remain a good ground. Not allowing our thoughts and our actions to sway and to go off that narrow and straight path our Lord calls us to walk with him. It is up to us, my brothers and sisters in Christ. In some sense, it is up to us, me and you. There's a church father, and I couldn't, I couldn't find the citation again, but I do remember reading it once. I can't remember who said this, who said, it depends on us whether we wish to be saved, unquote. Wow. <laughs> do I wish to be saved, ultimately? Yes. Even when I weary, I I do wish to be saved. Even when I get tired of struggling, I wish to be saved in my heart of hearts. <coughs> Question to you is, do you wish to be saved? I do believe you do, because otherwise you wouldn't be here. <laughs> you would be off somewhere else doing something else. brothers and sisters in Christ, let us examine ourselves continually, keep watch over our thoughts, our words, our behavior, everything, as we continue to tend and cultivate the soil and ground of our own hearts by prayer, through prayer, regular prayer, regular attendance at divine services and a desire for the things of God. Sometimes we have to ask for that. Lord, help me. <laughs> help me. I don't always feel 100% zealous and desirous. Lord, help me to desire and to thirst 
after you over spiritual things. As we do that, as we tend and cultivate our own hearts and souls, that seed of God's word will find an acceptable place to grow in us and produce much fruit in our lives with patience unto eternal life. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen.